the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Real Life Radio is a service of River City Community Church. Grace and peace to you and welcome to Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. A church that exists to help people just like you find the real life you were created for and then find it to the full. That's according to John 10.10. And today we continue in the series called Jesus Has Left the Building and Rediscovering the Biblical Jesus as today Jesus has not only left the building, but he's boarded a boat. Pastor Sean is teaching from Mark chapter 4, the big storm on the horizon. But guess what? You don't have to be afraid. Good news for you on the way. This is Real Life Radio. Jesus in the boat. What the story is actually about is Jesus and his disciples out on the water, and his disciples become very fearful. And that's one of those things. We're studying this whole time. We're talking about Jesus has left the building rediscovering the biblical Jesus, and looking at how different people responded to him, how he responded. What is he actually like? And the disciples, in this particular occasion, become extremely afraid. And I think that's one of the reasons that this is such a great story. Because I don't care who it is, every one of us can relate to fear somehow or another. Fear has a lot of different faces, doesn't it? I mean, think about it. Simple insecurity is basically fear. Fear that I won't measure up. Fear of what other people will think of me. How about fear of danger? We probably have all been in that place at one time or another where we're afraid of being being hurt or being in danger. How about security? What if I don't have enough? What if I can't do the things that I think I need to do? Or what if my retirement or whatever else isn't secure? All these different things can all be traced back to fear. And that's what this particular story is. Is about. Now, we've been looking each week at different instances of Jesus' life and who he is. I hope most of you, at least, have been doing the Bible reading with us every day. We just finished up yesterday the book of Matthew, and today we are starting the book of Mark, Mark chapter 1. What's cool about doing it this way is you'll discover the different angles, perspectives, and emphasis of the different gospel writers. And that's a really important thing to recognize, that they will have different audiences that they're talking to. Matthew was really talking to Jews in particular, his people. John Mark was writing to the Romans from a Roman perspective. Matthew was a first-hand observer to the ministry of Jesus. Mark most likely got most of his resource from Simon Peter. He spent a lot of time with Simon Peter. And Peter would preach sermons, and he would tell people about Jesus, and Mark paid attention. And then Mark wrote it down under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. It's interesting, as you look at these Gospels, you'll see things from different angles and different lenses. We need to be real careful. Because some people sit and try to look at that and go, oh, no, no, they contradict each other. They really don't. In fact, if there was a car accident out on Lookout Road right after this service, and we all saw it, we would probably have hundreds of perspectives of what happened in that car accident. And just because one person says, you know what, the point of impact was 10 feet from the edge of the road, that might be exactly right. And another person says, well, the point of impact was 20 feet from the mailbox. They can very well both be exactly right. 
And I want to challenge you as you read the Gospels, prepare to have your ideas and your pictures expanded. And look for those different perspectives and look for those different angles because that's why I believe the Holy Spirit gave us four different renderings, tellings of the story of Jesus. Some places, they're exactly the same. Some places, they highlight different things. And that's one of the things that make it so rich. Now, in Mark chapter 4, if you have your Bibles, you may want to turn there. Mark 4, beginning at verse 35, is where we're going to pick up. We read, that day when evening came, he, Jesus, said to his disciples, well, let us go over to the other side. He's talking about the other side of the Sea of Galilee. So this is a big deal. It's not just some little pond. Let's go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along, just as he was, in the boat. There were also other boats with him. Make note of that, because they weren't alone. We often picture Jesus by himself, or or Jesus and the disciples, one boat by themselves. There were others, several boats. There were other boats with him. Verse 37, a a furious squall, a storm, a wind came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Now, the Sea of Galilee is known for this because there are two valleys that come on either side, and there is a wind. It creates this wind tunnel effect so that rough waters were pretty common. But this was unusual, and you have to understand... A number of Jesus' disciples were fishermen, so they weren't unaccustomed to being out on the sea. But this was different. This was to the place where the Scripture tells us they were really, really concerned. The waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Now Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. Jesus had been preaching, he'd been ministering, he'd been healing, and he was exhausted. And so he's sleeping in the back of the boat, on a cushion, and the disciples woke him, and they said to him, teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, and he rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified, and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Now, here's a couple observations, just some questions. Um, When they went to him, the waves are so high they're coming into the boat. These are not huge ocean liners. These are fishing boats. So they're really concerned about losing their ability to stay afloat. So they go, and it says that they just ask him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? I'm not sure that they're expecting him to do anything. Based on where this story goes... And how shocked they are with what happens and what Jesus does. I'm not sure that they're really asking him to do anything. I think they're just like, dude, you are sleeping and we are about to go under. Don't you care? Like, how can you possibly sleep in this? Jesus sleeping like a teenager, you know? I mean, I was like, wow. (laughs) Teenagers, that's my gift to you for the day. Thanks. Love you. (laughs) They're like, whatever. But he's sound asleep. He's not waking up. They have to wake him. And they're kind of stunned that he wasn't freaking out like them. Now, here's the thing. On the front of the kids' notes, we have the picture, and this is how we typically picture Jesus, up in the front of the boat, one leg forward, kind of into the wind with the Thor hair, kind of going back, and using the thespian voice, quiet, be still. You know, in the the King James, I, I think it is, it says, peace, be still. And that's the way we figure, and he may have, you know, I don't know. But do you understand, it doesn't say that in the text. It is actually possible, and I wish I had something, you know, more like a boat to land. Jesus is laying down in this boat, you know, and this is not sacrilegious here, okay? Got a little bedhead going. You know, 
the son of God, son of man, it could get some bedhead when he slept, just like us, right? So he's got a little bedhead going, and they're freaking out, waking up, Jesus, don't you care? And, you know, he's, he's tired. They just woke him up he's from a dead sleep. It's a storm. He's not waking up. Wakes up. It's really possible. He just kind of pulls up over the boat and goes, quiet, be still. I can't, can't even hear myself think. And what blows everybody's mind is, the whole storm says, yes, sir. It just completely dies down. And Jesus looks at them, you know, still a little sleepy. Why are you so afraid? Don't, don't you have faith? And then he lays back down and crashes again. I mean, it doesn't say that that didn't happen. And I'm just saying to you, what we're seeing here is this weird dichotomy of, of images of Jesus. And the fact is, he just woke up from a dead sleep, turned, spoke to the storm, told the disciples, what are you guys so afraid of? Don't you have any faith? And for all we know, he went back and crashed again. And what is amazing to me, now understand, Jesus speaks, it says the storm goes calm, and then look what it says about them. They were terrified. Wait a minute, the storm's over, why are they terrified? Why do you think they're there? Some dude just spoke to a storm, and it obeyed him. Like a well-trained dog, it obeyed him. They were terrified, and they asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Do you know what that's called? That is called the fear of God. That is called a group of guys getting a healthy understanding that this rabbi, this teacher, notice what they called him when they tried to wake him earlier. Disciples woke him, teacher, don't you care? And he was a teacher. That's not, that's not, that was respectful. Nothing wrong with that. But they're discovering he is a whole lot more than just a teacher. This rabbi that we're following, this teacher, just spoke to the weather, and it obeyed. I sent Willie out earlier today to speak to the weather. It it laughed at him. It was weird. I mean, stop and, and put yourself in their place. Because understand, they're just discovering. We have the Gospels. We've told the story of Jesus all over. We've celebrated however many Christmases we are old. So we know the story, right? They didn't. They are gradually discovering who this amazing teacher. They, they knew his teaching was different. had authority, not like the teachers of the law. They'd seen him do miracles that God could do. power, But prophets had done miracles by the power of God. They, they knew God could do that through certain men or women. But this is different. They're starting to see, and they are terrified with a healthy fear of God. That's what the fear of God is. It's not like, like the fear of a scared child of, a, of an alcoholic parent or of a parent who is unpredictable and cruel. That's not what the fear of God is like. No, no, it is this, this sense that, okay, Jesus is different. He's not like us. He's God. God is different. He's the creator of all things. He's God. It's an awe and a reverence, and a healthy fear that comes from knowing he is the one who created all things and in whose hands our lives rest. That's the fear of God. And that's what they're experiencing. Now, I gave you notes. If you're taking notes, you can fill in the blanks. Kids, you can fill in these blanks here, just like mom and dad. The big idea that I want us to understand is trusting Jesus begins by seeing Jesus as he truly is. Trusting Jesus begins by seeing Jesus as he truly is is and that's what happened at this moment 
The disciples are starting to see Jesus as he truly is. And let me just say, it is extremely important how we view Jesus. Wrong ideas of the Lord are one of the greatest hindrances to our faith. And people got wrong ideas all over. They've got wrong ideas about Jesus. They've got wrong ideas about God the Father. Just wrong ideas. You go and ask people what they think, and they will come up with some bizarre things, some of them funny. You can read books. You can see movies. You can hear different testimonials about what people say about God, and you're just like, where are people getting this? And how could you possibly follow a Savior who you have no idea who he is? Your picture, your idea, your understanding of Jesus is one of the most important things in your life And of course, one of the most important things in our faith. And the question is, how do you view Jesus? I mean, really, that's that's a question that I would have for us in this room. How do you actually see Jesus? I think a lot of people see Jesus as obviously very gentle, kind, compassionate. Some people would see him even as a little wimpy. I think that would be a mistake. I don't think there's anything to support that. But some people would. What's fascinating is if you ask people to describe their view of Jesus, they would say have one list of adjectives, but you ask them to describe their their view of God, and they might have another list of adjectives. They view them as separate. When Jesus himself said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. One of the key objectives that God had in sending his son Jesus to walk among us is that we would have a vision of him that we could understand. We would be able to see the nature of God in flesh. And this is one of those challenges that we wrestle with in our faith. But my, uh, my question here is, what is your vision of Jesus? How do you see him? Because that's what the disciples got. That's why they were terrified. That's what we're seeing happen here. And I want to suggest there are at least four unique things that they saw in Jesus that I think are very relevant and important for us today. Okay, the first one is real simple. Jesus understands Jesus understands, you can write that down, the God who calmed the storm also needed to catch a few Z's because he was exhausted. And that's kind of hard for us to reconcile. The God who got up and spoke to the weather and it obeyed was tired, was exhausted. He'd been working hard, he'd been ministering, and he just needed some sleep. The God of all things laying at the back of the boat with bedhead. I mean, really. That, that's a hard one for us to wrestle with. That's what they call, the theologians call the incarnation. God in the flesh. And one of the things we're supposed to see is Jesus got tired and fell asleep just like us. Jesus used the bathroom just like us. Jesus had to deal with people just like us. Jesus was tempted to be impatient. Jesus got hungry. Jesus maybe was what maybe got a little bit grouchy when he was hungry. Listen to what the scripture says about him. And this is very important. To know how much he understands where you and I walk. Hebrews chapter 4, beginning at verse 14, says, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has gone through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, he's that high priest, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. Verse 15 says, listen, We do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness. But we have one who's been tempted in every way, just as we are, 
yet was without sin. Did you hear that? Yet was without sin. Tempted just like us. And then verse 16 says, let us approach, let us then approach the grace, uh, the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and grace to help us in our time of need. This is so huge. I need you to hear this. Kids, I need you to hear this. Parents, I need you to hear this. Jesus Christ, it says, was tempted in every way that we are. There were people who tried to bully him, and he was tempted to strike back, but it says he never sinned. There were circumstances where he had to be separated from from his family, and he didn't like it. He was tempted, but never sinned. Issues when challenged with anger, challenged with lust, challenged with packing his life too full with the wrong kind of things so stress would take over. And yet it says he was tempted in every way that we are. Yet he never sinned. He had friends betray him. Yet he never sinned. He was misrepresented. You ever been misrepresented? Someone lie about you? So did Jesus. Yet he never sinned. And here's the cool part. This is what this writer of Hebrews is telling us. He says he was tempted in every way just like we are, and yet he never sinned. And then it says this. Let us approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Do you know how easy it would be to think that, well, if someone went through everything we went through and never sinned, they're going to bring judgment on us. Jesus is going to go, kind of suck it up. I went through it. If I can do it, you can do it. Come on. But that's not what the scripture says. It says, let us approach the throne of grace with confidence so we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. In other words, Jesus went through it all, and you know what he did? He didn't say, hey, you guys, if I can do it, you can do it, be better. Instead, what he did says, okay, I'll go ahead and be better for you. He lived a sinless life, and then you know why we wear crosses around our neck, why we have crosses in our churches? Because the cross is where Jesus paid our death penalty. He incurred no death penalty of his own, no sin. Penalty of sin is death, the scripture says, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. He had no death penalty, so he offers his life a sinless, spotless sacrifice and says, I'll pay your death penalty so you can be set free. So Father can be fully just and also fully merciful all in the same time. That's just awesome. And that's what Pastor Nate was talking about when he told us about the spotless lamb that they would spread the blood on the doorposts. Jesus was and is that lamb for us. Fact is, Jesus understands. He can relate no matter what you're wrestling with or what you're going through. And somehow I find that extremely comforting to know that he's not somehow cold and distant, but he gets it. A second thing they learned, because they understood that trusting Jesus begins by seeing Jesus as he truly is. And they learned that, secondly, Jesus cares. Not only does he understand, but he actually cares they the disciples asked him lord don't you care well the answer is yes he does he didn't really care about the storm now that's what's interesting you know that he didn't care about the storm because they weren't in danger he cared about them that they were afraid but he wasn't worried about the storm do you know jesus isn't worried about your storms he's not like oh my gosh that is bad you screwed things up terrible what are we gonna do i'm in over my head i'm out you better call you know someone else jesus never says that He cares because he cares about you 
and what we find is most of the things we know this, most of the things we're afraid of never happen. They never go wrong, you know. But sometimes some things do. And what we find is Jesus cares deeply enough to be with us, enough to speak to us, and enough to guide us. Matthew 9, 36 tells us when he, Jesus, saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And that, you know that how common a phrase it is? If you're reading through the Gospels with us, you know how many times it says, and Jesus had compassion on him. Jesus had compassion on her. Jesus had compassion on him, on them. Jesus is not somehow distant, cold, and stern. He is identified as one who is compassionate. That's why here at River City Community Church, one of our core values is compassion. We have four stated core values with some things that we believe under each of those things. But those basic core values are restoration, community, compassion, and stewardship. Restoration is the restoration of our relationship with God and the life we were intended for. That's what salvation is all about. That's what we exist for. That's why we get up in the morning. Restoration. Community is the fact that Jesus said, you're to do this thing together. You're to be in a community. By this lawman know you're my disciples, that they what? Love one another. The third is compassion. Because that's how Jesus rolls. Everywhere he goes, you see him doing compassion, acts of compassion, gifts of compassion. That's why we're doing Hands and Feet Saturday, the third Saturday of every month, starting October 19th. Just a way to connect in the community, individuals, organizations, the poor, wherever we can serve and say, we want to be the hands and feet of Jesus. We don't just want to talk about what Jesus does. We want to actually be about those kind of things because our mission is to follow Jesus. And the last of those is stewardship, which basically just says, hey, We recognize our life, our time, our talent, our treasure. It's all God's. And we got to make the very most of it. And we act in partnership with him, make the most of what he's given us. This idea of compassion is huge. That's the heart of Jesus. And you need to know he understands where you are, and he absolutely loves you so much he cares about what you're going through. Don't ever forget that. Trusting Jesus begins by seeing Jesus as he truly is. Number three, Jesus can. Not only does he understand and he care, Jesus can. And that's what made the disciples so terrified. That's why they freaked out a little bit. Because they saw the power of God on display in Jesus. So much so that they were terrified. It's a little scary when you see the power of God on display. But it's also awesome when you recognize God says... By my spirit in you, I want to manifest my power in you. Matthew 19, 26, Jesus looked at them and said, With man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. What do you right now think is impossible? What do you think is impossible? That you think maybe God wants to have happen, but no, it couldn't. It's impossible. Yeah, but with God all things are possible. Ephesians 6.10 says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Do you realize God wants to give you strength and put his mighty power in you by his spirit in you? I mean, that's pretty amazing. It's pretty awesome when you stop and think about it. But too often we treat it like, well, that's some kind of fact I learned, but it doesn't really have anything to do with my life. No, it has everything to do with your life if you're a follower of Jesus Christ. Psalm 62, 11 and 12. One thing God has spoken. This is David writing. One thing God has spoken Two things I have heard, that you, O God, are strong and that you, O Lord, are loving. 
That's just a very powerful scripture. What that means is God can and he will. He can and he will. He is powerful beyond our ability to even comprehend. And he is loving. Doesn't mean he'll do everything you ask. God is not a genie in a bottle. What it does mean is he will work powerfully in your life according to his will, according to what he has in the scriptures. Oh, and by the way, as you read the scripture, he's got some pretty amazing things in store for you. The question is, will I step up and let him do that? Now, the question that I have for you, and I mean this for you, do you believe that Jesus can? Then start acting like it. So you have to, at a certain point, go... I'm really not going to worry about what they think or what they say. We don't know who they are. I don't care. I care about the guy who walked on water, who spoke to storms and brought peace, and who said, I came to give you abundant life. I came to give you real life. I care what he says. Thank you, Pastor Sean. You've been listening to Real Life Radio. As next week, we'll continue this series called Jesus Has Left the Building and Rediscovering the Biblical Jesus as it's available right now as a free download when you find the sermons link at reallife.org. We invite you to do more than just hear, but see and do when you join us at River City Community Church, located on Lookout Road right behind Rotama Park. You can see all the details, directions, and service times also at reallife.org. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 210-490-5262, as Real Life Radio is a service of River City Community Church. We hope you join us again next time for more real life. River City Community Church is a church for real life. Real life is what we were created for and what we're all about. Hi, I'm Pastor Sean Azaro, and we believe that we were made to have a life full of meaning and passion that can only be found in relationship with our creator. That's what real life is. Now, for us, real life has a bit of a double meaning in that this faith of ours is also a relevant thing to the real world. It works in real life. It's not just a church thing. It's a way of living that powerfully impacts your home, work, and social world. That's why River City has a relaxed, casual feel where we enjoy practical teaching, inspirational music, and age-appropriate discovery for the whole family. We want to help every single person find the life they were created for. River City is located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road, across from Atama Park. Sunday service times are 9 and 11. Our home on the web is reallife.org. To find out everything you need to know, stop by our website at reallife.org. We look forward to meeting you on the road to real life. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.